Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 135, The Beginning of Sorrows. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. We're very happy to present these truths to people, and hopefully you'll enjoy the show and and, uh, it'll be edifying for you. Uh, We're going to talk about some interesting things today, John, but as usual, we're going to thank our premium subscribers, who we call our seekers. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Brad D. And I think I know who this Brad is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't mind saying his name because he's a very close friend of mine, Brad Davis. Brad Davis. Uh, Brad and Michelle. And by the way, if you like music, Brad Davis is an amazing guitar player. So look him up. On YouTube, he you will be shocked at how amazingly good he is. Wow, yeah. highly awarded, didn't he? Yes, he he is, and he's he's been on records that have won Grammys. Wow, and he's uh, he's like the I call him the Eddie Van Halen of bluegrass. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's amazing there. So Brad, shout out to you, and thanks for subscribing. Also, Rain B, Ken H, Stephanie P L, two hyphenated last name. And Maggie B. all um, became members of the Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast in November of last year. We're going to start to do five at a time because we're having so many. We're, we're not hey, going to catch up. That sounds like a good problem, right? <laughs> we want to make sure we get everybody in Thank there. Thank you all so much for your support. And just remember that as a premium subscriber, you're helping to support the show. Um, you can you can donate anytime you want to. But if you want to help us fund what we're doing here, that's one way to do it. And uh, you can go to BibleMysteriesPodcast.com to um, access all the great bonus content that we have. Absolutely. Incidentally, we're going to have a newsletter coming out. Let's see. We'll, this episode will be released on May the 1st, okay. which is also the first day of the month, which is the, when our newsletter comes out. So our seekers get the newsletter, and we've got a really interesting article I'd like you to check out, um, which is very timely, very um, involved in some of the things we're going to talk about today. Any teaser there? What is what? It, the to- yeah, the title is called Mistaking the Earthly Ministry of Christ, or I, I'm probably getting that wrong, Mistaking Christ's Ministry to Israel. Okay. And and I think what we're going to find <laughs> out, we may mention some things about it today in our episode, but we're going to find that the church at large is forgetting a huge important piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. and it throws their timing off with everything else. Wow. Okay. When they do that, yeah. So uh, and we'll talk about some of those things today, John. We're going to discuss the beginning of sorrows. Okay. You remember we had our debriefing uh, Bible mysteries declassified debriefing 2023 mm-hmm. summit with Ryan Peterson, our guest. Ryan is author of the Judgment of the Nephilim mm-hmm. and the Final Nephilim, and he's just a dear brother in Christ and a fantastic author. And he, uh, one of the topics we discussed was the opening of the seven seals, and he really opened my eyes to reconsider some things about the phrase, the beginning of sorrows. We didn't okay. specifically talk about that term, but it ties in. So I'm going to take what I learned from Ryan today, huh, okay. or you apply it today to the phrase, the beginning of sorrows, because I've always understood that term to be referring to 
events that are going to immediately precede the tribulation. Okay. Or the time okay. of Jacob's trouble. To me, it was like tribulation is going to start with the beginning of sorrows. And yeah. Ryan posited the idea that, no, the seals began to be opened the moment Christ ascended. Yeah. And I kind of put two and two together, and I decided that's the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of sorrows has lasted 2,000 years. Yeah. It's almost the dispensation of grace could also be called the beginning of sorrows. So it's almost, have you ever heard the term, the slow fade? No, but that, well, yeah, I use it in music, a slow fade yeah, in music. Yeah, yeah, so it's almost like the, the when you said the beginning of all that, it's like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse, if I'm understanding you correctly, right, over time. Absolutely. Until we get to where we are now, which looks pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so. It truly does. Well, it, times are, and, and next week's episode, we're going to talk about the ugliness of the demonic proliferation. Yeah. This going on. So hopefully that'll be a little teaser for people to yeah. tune in to the, to the next episode. But as always with Bible mysteries, we want to take any topic we discuss, whether it's UFOs or Nephilim or conspiracy theories or anything. And we always want to tie it back to the scriptures. Okay. Because that's my area of expertise. I, I don't have the archaeology background. I don't have the, uh, uh, I can't explore. I've never been to Area 51. <laughs> I, uh -huh. I don't have those things to, to present as evidence. But I do have the Word of God that we can use. And so we're going to go find the phrase, the beginning of sorrows in Matthew chapter 24. Okay. So we'll start right there in Matthew 24. And um, if we start reading in verse 3, we find that uh, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives talking to the disciples. Okay. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And we'll come back to talking about these things in just a moment. Okay. The context. But tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So the first thing in his answer to these three questions is don't be deceived. Okay. Okay. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And so the first point is deception. So that's not referring to false prophets, right, in the churches. That's referring to a false messiah coming forward. Same. I think it's both. Okay. Wow. I do. Okay. I, false messiahs and false prophets. False prophets misleading the church. False messiahs coming as in the Antichrist. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is when Ryan was sharing his views on this in the summit, which, by the way, we'll have the summit available for people to watch. Okay. Uh, it's been... Um, it's been delayed because, as you know, we've had some family crises yeah. that we had to yeah. take care of. And so the last 45 days have been a strange time for us. But God's grace has been sufficient. And we're grateful, by the way, for everybody that's known anything about this or even heard me just hint at it, that they've been praying for us. And we awesome. appreciate it. Uh, both of our families uh, need your prayers. And, and we, of course, we pray for you when you let us know what the need is. But Ryan had brought up the idea that when the seven seals began to be opened, the first thing were four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And the first one that appeared was the uh, a person given a crown on a white horse and a bow, and he was told to go forth conquering and to conquer. Okay. And I've discussed what that could have been in the past. Is that the Antichrist? Is it Jesus? What is it? And Ryan says, no, it's the deception. And so it's like, it's like conquering the earth with the lies in the beginning of sorrow. Does he tie that back to the fact that it's a bow? And correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm wrong a lot. It's a, <laughs> it's a bow with no arrows? Does that sound correct? I don't recall him discussing anything about the arrows. I don't think any arrows are mentioned huh, okay, in okay. that passage, though. So you're right about that. Yeah. But I don't know if that has any significance. Now that you say it, I, I should go say well, that. Well, I thought that's where you were going because you were saying it's more of a, it's not of a conquering, almost like which would be war or something else. It's more of a deception, which is like an infiltration of a lie that would change people's minds. That's where I thought you were going with it. But Well, I'm, it's interesting. The verse, in it's you're referring to Revelation 6, verse 7, and uh -huh. it says, I saw and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So um, okay. I think uh, it could have been an idea that I might have presented at some point because I thought this could be the Antichrist. Okay. It's been viewed different ways over the centuries by different scholars. Yeah. Okay. And there might have been a time when I thought it was the Antichrist, and there's a reference to him coming and taking the kingdom peaceably. So that could equate to a bow without arrows. Yeah. 
But I'm not so sure that's what it is anymore. I'm, I'm lining more with what Ryan suggested about yeah. this is the deception. It's the first horse. It's the first thing Jesus says. Okay. Then he says, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. I think the next horse in Revelation, and I, I probably should have cross-referenced this in my notes, but uh, the second seal was a red horse, and power was given him to take peace from the earth. So that's war. Okay, yeah. So that would match. Yeah. Then, verse 7, still in Matthew 24, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And back in the book of Revelation, the next horse is the, the black horse, uh, pair of balances, and you see it's, it's want and famine yeah, and things yeah. like that. And then there was um, a pale horse, and it was given to him to kill a fourth part of the earth with sword, hunger, death, and the beast. And so death, that could be incorporating all these things, you know, okay. pestilences, earthquakes, <laughs> diverse places. And then he says... All these things are the beginning of sorrows in verse 8. Okay. So, real quick question, and maybe you're about to answer this, but mm -hmm. you're saying that uh, the beginning of sorrows happened at what point? After the crucifixion of, and resurrection of Christ, right? That's when the beginning of the seals were open? Yeah, right? I, okay. I would argue that the moment the seals began to be opened, the beginning of sorrows started. Because because all of these things that we're reading about here have happened through the mm -hmm. course of time anyways, right? You have always had wars and nations rise against nation and famines and things yeah. like that, right? Instead of, I guess, the common belief that I know of was that this was pre- or I'm sorry, post-rapture, <laughs> things that would happen after the rapture. All of a sudden, you'd have these things happen. Yeah, that was my thinking, too. My, my common belief was the same as yours, okay. uh, and, and many, I think, that these are sort of like the, the, the birth pangs before the tribulation, yeah. before the travail. And, and they are birth pangs, but mm -hmm. I think it was just the timing that I got wrong. I'm starting to believe that this timing is happening. And it kind of makes sense because Israel... And this is one of those topics that uh, I was discussing where I think the church is missing something important. Nationally, they rejected Jesus Christ. Yeah. His ministry was directed to them. Mm -hmm. It was an offer of a kingdom promise that they were waiting for. Yeah. When they rejected the king, they rejected the kingdom. So it was set aside. For 2,000 years, it's been set aside, and they as a nation became not my people, Hosea chapter 1. So they've not been God's chosen people mm -hmm. during this time. The promises will be fulfilled. They're, they will be restored. But as of today, they're still not back in God's prophetic program. Yeah, okay. They're still, he's hiding his face from them, awaiting their acknowledgement, Hosea 5. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I would say that's the beginning of sorrows because they are hidden from the face of God. They're not a nation. They don't have a king. They don't have a prince, Michael. Mm -hmm. They're not being yeah, protected, yeah. Uh, and on and on. So uh, it, it all seems to be lining up. And now we have to remember that Jesus' answer in Matthew 24 about the beginning of sorrows is in connection to the three questions that he start, that they, they asked him. When shall these things be? We're going to cover that in a moment. Okay. What shall be the sign of thy coming? And what shall be the sign of the end of the world? I'm 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 uh, editing that, you know. Okay. So it's three separate questions, but all of them have to do, they're, they're connected together and they're connected to Israel. Okay. And the end of the world even is connected to Israel. So go back to verse 2 <clears throat> of Matthew 24, and we'll get the context of these things. He's uh, in actually verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And I think it's interesting that he departed from the temple. There's something in that very statement. You think, yeah, I just walked out the building. Yeah. Well, God doesn't write incidental things. Yeah, God doesn't yeah. say, yeah, and so Jesus walked out the building. You know, that was like... It's, it's you, a little unnecessary, right? Yeah. Yeah. So whenever he says something, there's meaning in it. Yeah, okay. Departing from the temple and his disciples with him is an indication that God's presence is leaving the nation because he's about to be crucified. Yeah. You see, so there's more to it than just reading, you know, and John scratched the back of his head. 
you know, like why would why would you write that in in a book, you yeah, know, if you're, yeah. you're giving a story? So look, verse two. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Well, in the context of verse one, it's the buildings of the temple. See these things? Okay. How beautiful they are—the trappings, the court, the the laver, the basin, yeah. the the altar, all that stuff, the, the building itself. See all these things? Verily I say unto you, verily, I say unto you. There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Hmm. So okay. the first question was, when shall these things be? When is the temple going to be destroyed? Uh, I don't know exactly. No, th- <laughs> that's that's the question. Oh. Yeah, I'm well, not asking, asking you. Me, I was like, I don't really know. Scott, put me on the spot there. <laughs> I, no, wasn't trying to put you on the spot. My point is saying that when he said, see you not all these things, when shall these things be? When shall the temple be destroyed? That was what they're asking. Okay. Okay, I wasn't asking you to answer that question. <laughs> but we do have an answer. Okay. Because we know historically, through like the writings of Josephus, that the temple was destroyed in AD 70 by the Roman mm-hmm. general yeah. Titus. Okay. And uh, was this a foreshadowing of the Antichrist? Hmm. And okay. I think it is because we're going to find out that the the Roman Empire will be in power again. Yeah. I, I don't think they ever left power. To be honest with you, uh, you know, any nation, any empire since the Roman Empire has been an offshoot of the Roman Empire. Yeah. And the United States to is the Roman the United Empire. States? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because we came from Britain, yeah. which was part of it, and on and on. Uh, even our symbols are the same. The eagle, the fascists, mm. you know. It's funny how there's politicians calling everybody on the right a fascist. And she is a very fascist. You know, yeah. AOC I'm talking about. She's an idiot, but she's a fascist, you know, communist, mm-hmm. yeah. frankly. Uh, but, um, you know, she's, a, she's an actor. She's a paid actor yeah. and, and oh. demon-possessed like all the rest of them. Uh, so, um, and by the way, I'm not going to pull any punches anymore, John, so if you feel like you need to leave. Oh, you're, you're like the gloves are off at this point? Okay. <laughs> with, with Washington, <laughs> okay. yeah, with the satanic global elites, I'm, I'm going to start calling them out because they're they're going to attack us. Well, I will try not to cross you during this podcast, <laughs> then you're coming after me. No, what I'm saying is if you feel like you don't want to be associated with us anymore because you know the NSA is going to come knocking on our doors, <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're making the push to attack Christianity. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I don't think yeah. there's any reason why we should uh, sugarcoat it anymore. Okay. Because they're yeah. coming. They're coming whether we sugarcoat it or not, you know. So um, this temple that was destroyed in 70 AD does not exist today. Okay. But we know it's yeah. going to be rebuilt. Yeah. And we know that from Revelation 11, so we can turn there. I wasn't trying to tell you. I'm not pulling any punches on you. <laughs> John could yeah. like, probably knock me out with a single blow. <laughs> uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. So you can see here it's a future passage. Hmm, okay. It has been rebuilt. And, and it will be rebuilt. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out. And measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And that's interesting. Hmm. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot. That's Jerusalem. Forty and two months. Treading underfoot. Forty and two months, which is three and a half years. So we know that the court of the rebuilt temple will be re, will be uh, installed again. Yeah. But it's going to be left out of the measurement here because it's going to be desecrated by Gentiles. Uh, and the city is going to be trodden underfoot. And I suspect that's probably going to be after the abomination of desolation. I don't know. But regardless of when that is, and we'll talk about the abomination in a moment, regardless of when that is, we're trying to tie in these things. So if the temple was to be destroyed, and the first question was, when shall these things be? And then we see another temple built here. To me, the beginning of sorrows is over when the other temple's built. Okay. Because there's going to be a desecration of it by the Antichrist. Yeah. And that's no longer the beginning of sorrows. Now we're stepping into the time of Jacob's trouble. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we're getting it. So we're looking at timing there. So that is three and a half years into the tribulation period at that I point. believe that okay. may be. Now, I could be wrong, and the three and a half years is the beginning of tribulation. Um, because he goes on to say that the two witnesses show up in Revelation 11. Okay. And they do signs and wonders for three and a half years. And my belief is that's the first half 
of the seven years. Okay. So it could be that the treading underfoot is the first half of seven years too, which mm-hmm. gives it even more credibility to the idea of the uh, beginning of sorrows being over once that starts. Okay. Once the Gentiles are treading the city underfoot, because they're yeah. not doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. No. They're not doing that now. Now, uh, and and maybe I'll change my mind about that. I, the more that I think about it as we're speaking, it makes more sense that they're going to do it for three and a half years because after the desecration, the whole temple's polluted, you know, mm-hmm. after the abomination. Uh, but if you look in chapter 13 of Revelation and notice verse four, and we see the beast himself appear, he's being described in Revelation 13 and they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. The dragon is Satan. Yeah. And they worship the beast, which is the antichrist saying, who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. Again, three and a half years. Yeah. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Notice how openly he defies God and the host of heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now, why are we reading about this? Well, the Antichrist is going to have military control of the world yeah, and in and, and the new Roman Empire. Now, we, we can liken everything back to Rome because, and we'll get into this more in the next episode about demonic proliferation. It, it even ties in more. But Rome was in control when Christ was crucified. Uh, he aligned with the uh, yeah. leaders of Israel to, to put him to death. Rome was instrumental in the crucifixion of Christians in the beginning of sorrows. Okay, yeah. They were doing all the persecuting until the church aligned with Rome in 300-something or 400, whenever it was. And uh, so it would make sense that the Antichrist is going to be in power with the Roman Empire in the tribulation persecuting saints again. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything repeats, right? Now, go to Daniel chapter 9. Well, real quick, I, and you may have a comment on that. I just think it's interesting that they say, and they worship the dragon, mm-hmm. which gave power to the beast, and they also worship the beast. Yeah. So it's almost... I don't know. That seems they're worshiping both at the same time, or yeah. is do they know that they're worshiping Satan, or is it that the beast, which is the Antichrist, correct? They're worshiping him, yeah. but he has power from the dragon. Yeah. The dragon being Satan. So right. is Satanism the new um, religion of the world? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They'll be worshiping. worshiping it's not like they're going. We worship. Satan, right? They're actually going, We're this is our new religion and this is our new leader, yeah. the Antichrist. They're right? seeing him as a beautiful Lucifer, cherub, yeah, angelic being, or a fallen angel in disguise as an alien or something, uh-huh. an ascended master. They're going to see him as a Christ-like figure. Hmm. And then, uh, so he would be like a, a, a symbolic of the father, the dragon, the beast is symbolic of the sun. The false prophet is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. In, the, in the anti-world, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the dark, in the darkness. So Daniel chapter 9 uh, discusses a lot about the, the, the timetable concerning Israel. And uh, we won't get into the 70 weeks right now, but verse 26 says, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And that's just a reference to the crucifixion of Christ. Okay. Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew is Christos, anointed. It's Christ. Uh, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. That's the the, uh, destruction of the temple. Yeah. And we just read that was Titus, the Roman general. Okay. We just discussed that. Yeah. So um, the people of the prince that shall come, who's the prince that shall come? Well, we know he's a Roman because his people are the Romans. Okay. So if the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem and and every stone was torn down, yeah. and then they're going to tread it underfoot again when it's rebuilt, it's, mm. history keeps repeating itself, yeah. right? And then verse, uh, under the end of the war, desolations are determined, and he, verse 27 referring to the prince that shall come, mm-hmm. that we just mentioned. So I'm going to say that's the Antichrist yeah. because of this verse. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, 
He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. That has to do with offerings because they're going to start offering on the temple when they build it. You know, the, the, the offerings of, of the blood offerings. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the, the desolate. Now, that's a bunch of words that we would never say in a sentence today, right? Yeah, holy um, cow. Yeah. a lot to digest. It's right a lot there. to digest. But basically what he's talking about is the, the appearing of the Antichrist who sets up an image in the temple and declares himself to be God. Is that a literal week, like a, a real week, or seven that, that's, that's seven years? It's the seven years of tribulation. Okay, yeah. okay. so a day. Yeah. All right, sorry. Go so ahead. that's okay. We, and in this entire chapter, when you study it out, it talks about 70 weeks are determined, and they're weeks of years. Oh, okay. So okay. when you multiply that, it's 490 years. Okay. And that timing began when there was a Persian king named Cyrus who allowed Israel, who had been in captivity since Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. king of Babylon, to go back into the land and restore and build Jerusalem. And so it's, the, the timing is fascinating. The, hmm. the, the parallels, yeah. historical parallels are amazing. They go back in, they rebuild the temple, right? And then 69 of those weeks, or 483 years, if you subtract 7 from 490, okay. are fulfilled when Jesus Christ was crucified. Hmm. So from, right. the, from the day the declaration was made that Cyrus the Persian king said, Israel, you can go back and rebuild Jerusalem until Jesus Christ was crucified, was 483 years. Hmm. Okay. And then the clock stopped because the last seven years of the prophecy, the 70th week, ah, okay. is the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay. And it was set aside. It was stopped. It was separated from the rest of the time by the 2,000 years that we've been in now, the beginning of sorrows. So I've, I've heard that so many times, but I've never really understood the 70th 70th week. Yeah. So now you know. So I need to do some study on that. Mm -hmm. Are there any really good references to go to? Not that we need to jump off this podcast and onto something else that you know of that you could kind of almost like read your Bible and reference something like that because you know a lot of publications and things like that. Yeah. Um, I to, I'll be honest with you. I'm putting you on the spot. I've now. never read a, a book on the 70th week of Daniel that put all the pieces together for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've learned from great men of God who taught the truth okay. about it. You know, Brother E.C. Moore yeah. being one of them uh, and uh, and studying on my own. But I uh, I have, if, unless I'm just not recalling, yeah. I don't remember a book. Uh, and, and there's some great men that have written about it. I'm sure Schofield. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure Bullinger. Uh, but um, I... I don't think I've ever yeah. uh, challenge issued. I guess you're gonna have to do a couple <laughs> series on it, right? I may I mean, have to write something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so what we learned is that the people that destroyed the city and the sanctuary in 70 AD were Romans. So mm -hmm. the prince that shall come is gonna head the Roman Empire. Okay. And all that to say that he's gonna set up an image of himself in the temple. He's gonna claim to be God and desecrate it. And and I think that's leading up from the the beginning of sorrows is like, you know. Jesus was preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand for three and a half years. Yeah. The nation rejected him. And the turning point for that was really Matthew 12. Because in Matthew 12, he cast out a devil and the Pharisees accused him of doing it by Beelzebub, yeah, the prince that. of the devils. Yeah. And from chapter 13 on, he spoke in parables. Yeah. And when he spoke the first parable about the sower and the seeds, his disciples asked him why. And he said, because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven from that point forward went into mystery form. Yeah. So did Satan's kingdom. The Roman Empire went into mystery form. Hmm. Shortly thereafter, Satan emulates God, imitates. Yeah. And so his Roman Empire is in mystery form right now, currently headed by the United States, soon to be headed by another country, hmm. probably. So would the, would the modern-day version be NATO? You could just, say just that. Just throwing some ideas out there? Well, look at the members of NATO. Which will eventually morph into the one-world government, absolutely. correctly. Yeah, right? absolutely. And NATO, uh, when you think about it, yeah, because Rome was uh, united under an emperor who was deified as a god. Yeah. Picture of the beast, the type of the beast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Rome, NATO um, nations, as I understand it, all broke away from the Roman Empire. Even hmm. Turkey, which is a European nation and a member of NATO, even though they're in yeah. the Middle East, was part of the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire went all the way into Africa. Yeah. 
and all the way to Italy, and and then, and when it broke up, the western portion you had the the western um, Roman uh, Roman Catholic Empire and the Eastern Orthodox uh, at um, Byzantium. Okay. Okay. So that went to more of the east and up into Russia, and Armenia and that thing, and then Turkey. Um, Turkey was Eastern too for a while, and then the Muslims took over. Well, would it be would it be a good analogy though? Say NATO is a modern day Roman Empire because they are not united under one leader that I know about, right? It's just a group of leaders. Well, they are. They're controlled by the United States. Okay. Yeah. So the United States is is effectively uh, the Caesar right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. But NATO is made up of all the nations that broke out of the Western Roman Empire. When okay. It apart. You know, France, Germany. Yeah, everything, England, uh, uh, Spain. So all of those nations are part of NATO, hmm. and Eastern Bloc nations eventually joined them after they broke away from the Soviet Union. Hmm. That's what's causing all the war right now. Yeah, Ukraine wants to be, you know, it's it's a satanic mess. Yeah, that's what it absolutely. is. It's a lie. Uh, so anyway, getting back to the to scriptures, go back to Revelation thirteen. If we see, okay. if we've now seen the parallel of the beast coming, that is a part of the Roman Empire. Um, verse 11 says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him. And this is what we call the false prophet. Okay. And this is the third part of the unholy trinity, if you will. Uh, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. I mean, think about that. What is that wonder? That's got to be something different than just watching flames drop, you know. And he doth great wonders, right, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what is that? Is that like a weapon uh, showing the might of the UFO saucers? Yeah. You know, something like that. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So the false prophet causes an image of the beast to be set up in the newly built temple. And this is the abomination that Daniel was referring to. Yeah. And it's also the abomination that Christ refers to in Matthew 24. Christ cites Daniel 9. So let me throw a crazy idea out there, not to disrupt your podcast again. but <laughs> So I've always heard or read, whatever, that the, the deadly wound. And that always, you know, we always thought of that as a human being, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if you still believe that's true or not, because it sounds like this person or being could be an extraterrestrial, Right. Well, I believe the Antichrist is going to be a Nephilim hybrid. Okay. He's literally going to be the son of a woman and the the dragon. Okay, okay. So he will be mortal, Yeah. but he's still a hybrid. He's a and Nephilim. He's, and he sustains some deadly wound and mm-hmm. then comes back to life from that wound. Yeah. Wow. And the wound appears to be to the head. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, Which sounds like an assassination tent, right? Could very to well be. our modern... Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if it was. Now, and and hence, if he rises from the dead because of the technology that the aliens have, because they're going to think he is one. Yeah. You know, an ascended master type. He's he's literally a Nephilim hybrid. He's the son of a fallen angel, the dragon, but he's going to you know purport himself to be some great leader. I I think he's he's a Nephilim. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine the people that would fall for what this guy says. If he rises to power yeah. in whatever political power he's in, someone assassinates him, and then the guy comes back, you know, whatever, a month later, and they're like, Holy, it, I mean, it's like 
Well, it's, it's like Jesus died on the cross yes. and was resurrected He's again, right? He's imitating it's Christ. It's the He's same thing. Antichrist, yeah. exactly. And hence the reason why the world's going to worship him. Yeah. So if, if he rises from the dead, oh, he's... He's, he's the not true just Messiah. a human. He's the he's, yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. And therefore, they're going to make an image of him. Yeah. And that's what Matthew twenty four fourteen is talking hmm. about. Okay. Yep. You're right. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When is the end? When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. There's that term we read in Daniel nine, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. Hmm. And he goes on to say that when you see it, run, get out, get out of Judea, yeah, which is Israel. So it's going to be set in the temple. At some point, the abomination takes place, and this is the sign to flee. So it's part of the answer to the third question. When shall these things be? What is the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? What is the sign of the end of the world? So what mm -hmm. we're doing is we're trying to break down the three questions into time. Okay. So if the end of the world is going to begin when the abomination of desolation is set up, because he says the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come. Yeah. That's the end of the world. That was their question. All right? So the sign of the end of the world is when the abomination is set up. So that's going to be after the beginning of sorrows. Okay. So we're working backwards now. If, gotcha. if question three is the end of the world, and then question two happens continuous with the end of the world, but after the abomination is set up. Okay. Because three and a half years later, Christ will return. What was question two again? Was what shall be the sign of thy coming? Okay. The coming of the Lord. Okay. And he answers that in verse 27, same chapter. So Matthew 24, verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So he's giving them a sign to look for, for his coming. Okay. As lightning shines from these way, Jesus Christ is going to return from the east to the west. Okay. All right. Verse 3, 28, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. When he comes back, there's going to be bloodshed. Mm -hmm. There's dead bodies yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Because the eagles are vultures are okay. eating them, right? Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So now we're talking the end of the seven years. Okay. All right. So we've had three and a half, three and a half. The three and a half, some things are going on. The two witnesses, probably the court being tread underfoot. Yeah. Again, now that I've thought it through, I kind of reversed my thinking about that. Second three and a half, after the abomination of desolation, yeah. the end is happening. It's the end of the world. All hell's breaking loose. Yeah. All right. And then after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened. The moon shall uh, not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. It's almost like it's all happening at once. Chaos. Mm -hmm. Cataclysm. Right? And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Can you imagine that sign? To look up amidst all the chaos and the earth is reeling to and fro like a drunkard and earthquakes and mountains being moved out of their place no. and looking up into the sky and seeing Christ returning. What is that going to be? Is it an army of vessels, chariots of fire with him returning to the earth? I mean, it's amazing to think about. And then verse 31, he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And so the answer to question two will be the signs pointing to Christ's return, accompanied by the end. So of there's no reference to how long this last part that you just read takes, right? It's but immediate. You think it's immediate? Oh, yeah. It's not well, something that took, takes a month, a year? Well, I don't know how long exactly, but it's yeah. like all these things are happening on the earth. The earth couldn't survive months and months of that. Yeah. Of uh, Three and a half years of chaos and, and being released over time, over those three and a half years is happening, yeah. yeah Demons yeah. coming out of the pit, mm -hmm. and monsters, this 200 million horsemen, you know, earthquakes, all that stuff. The uh, the re earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and be turned upside down. I mean, the earth couldn't survive mm -hmm. much of that. Yeah. But when they see the sign of the Son of Man coming, I don't know if that's going to be lasting for three and a half years as they look up, or if it's a moment in time when the, the smoke clears, so to speak. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that, that when they, they could look up and see the the sign of the Son of Man coming in the clouds, 
that could happen when the abomination of desolation happens. I'm not so sure it could when. be three years they're watching this. I'm thing? not sure when it's. I'm not saying. Wow, that. that'd be fascinating. I'm saying, I don't know if it's going to be going on. And to me, it, it almost seems like it could be, because they if they're seeing him coming, there's a sign of his coming. Then they're worried and they're afraid and they're trying to get their armies together to fight him because they do in the end. Hmm. When the Lord comes back and he descends to the earth, the Antichrist and the armies of his Nephilim hybrids fight him. Yeah. And like L.A. Marzulli says, he knows he's outnumbered two to one. Yeah. yeah. So that's why he, Satan does. So that's why he's trying to put together an army, you know. So it's really fascinating. Or it could be that he only appears like for the 30 days before he hits the earth. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. Or it could be instantaneous, right? Oh, it yeah. could be minutes. And it will be minutes probably in the battle taking place. I mean, yeah. it's like the Lord's going to destroy them <laughs> with the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. So I don't think that's going to take any time at all. Now go back to Matthew 24 again, verse 32. And then we see the term all these things again. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. And incidentally, that's not just saying, yeah, if you watch a fig tree and you see leaves, you know it's about to, I mean, any plant you could say you that. You mean he wasn't talking about all this prophecy and he just started talking about a fig yeah, tree? Yeah, he started talking about horticulture, <laughs> right? He had cursed a fig tree earlier. You remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Remember him going to eat some figs and there weren't any on the tree? Yeah. And he cursed the fig and he said, "Let from henceforth let no fruit grow on you forever. Okay. And then the next day it was all dried up. And the disciples were wow, amazed at how quickly it dried up. The tree withered and died. Yeah. And he made a statement about that afterwards. Well, the fig tree is representative of Israel. Okay. That's the fruit he was looking for in Israel, and he didn't find it. Righteousness, justice, mercy. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have it. And so that tree dies. You know what that's symbolic of? The destruction of that nation. Okay. A new nation, Israel, is going to be born at the end of the beginning of sorrows. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because travail, a woman in travail, what is she about to do? She's about to give birth to a nation. Yeah. Right? And when you see the leaves, you know that summer is nigh. You're about to see fruit again. You're, you're seeing a tree being brought, not brought back to life. It's actually a new tree. Yeah. It's a new nation. Uh, verse 33. So mm -hmm. likewise, ye, when you shall see all these things, know that is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, all these things earlier, he was talking about the destruction of the temple. Remember? Mm -hmm. Not one stone shall be left upon yeah, another. Yeah. That starts the beginning of sorrows. To me, the tree bringing forth branches or leaves is the end of the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. So all these things can, will be wrapped up when the nation is born, hmm. the new nation okay. Israel. That's what I'm saying. So once again, we see the terms all these things. When you tie it back to the beginning of SARS, there's a clue in the statement, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He's not referring to the population of Israel living at that time. He's referring to a specific generation, a seed of evildoers, hmm, wow. meaning all those people that lived in Israel at that time, they're dead. Yeah. They've died 2,000 years ago, but the generation is still around. Now, let's let the Bible define who the generation is. Okay. Go to Acts 2. We just can't say, you know, people are always trying to say, oh, those, you know, some would say these things aren't meant to be literal because all those people died. And so they're, they're looking at the word generation as just those people that were living at that moment when he spoke. Hmm. You know, and then you got others that think, oh, they're still alive. Somewhere out there is the, a bunch of people still alive and they've been alive for 2,000 years. Yeah. It, I know there's some crazy <laughs> things out there. But in Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching to Israel in verse 38 still directing his ministry to the National Salvation Program, which a lot of people don't get. They take passages like uh, verse 38 and they apply it today as though this is salvation. But Peter wasn't talking to you and I, Gentiles. He was talking to Israel. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, Israel. Because that's okay. who he's talking okay. to. You can go back to the beginning of chapter 2 to see it's Jews. They're gathered for Pentecost. Okay. The promise is unto you and to your children, the children of Israel, and to all that are far off. And he's not talking about Gentiles there. Yeah. Scattered of Israel. They're, they're living in, in the Roman Empire. They're scattered throughout the empire. Yeah. Okay. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he's only calling Israel right here. He didn't start calling Gentiles until Paul. Yeah. 
And with many other words did he testify, and here it is, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. The word untoward means like evil, bent, mm. backwards. Who is the untoward generation? The one that rejected Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who rejected Jesus Christ? The leadership incited the people to crucify him. Mm-hmm. Who were the leaders? The council, the Pharisees, and the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Right? So in, in league with Rome, the satanic global elites of Israel had Jesus Christ crucified. Wow. That's the untoward generation. How do we know that? Go to Luke 17. Was it just limited to them? And, and really, literally everybody that would join them in unbelief. You know, they represent everyone, but they're the leaders, right? Yeah. So look in Luke 17, verse 24. Now, remember he was talking about the sign of the coming of the Son of Man? Yes. All right. For as the lightning that lighteth, lighteneth out of one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in this day. And by the way, when he says lightning, he's not talking about lightning like you think of a thunderstorm. Okay. Lightning there is the dawning of the day lighting the earth. The lightning starts in the east. The sun rises in the east. Okay. And sets in the west. All right. So shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Hmm. Okay. There it is. This generation rejected Jesus as Messiah. Um, they spoke for the world. Yeah. Because the, God had already said he gave them up into vile affections. They turned to worship the creature rather than the creator. Yeah. So the only hope that the world was going to have was through the nation, Israel. <laughs> yeah. Christ came to Israel. When they rejected Christ, they rejected their kingdom. So there was going to be no hope for the world if Christ left. Yeah. But God had a plan B. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't plan B. It was all along he had planned to save men. Plan A. Through the gospel of Christ. Yeah, through the, yeah. the preaching of Paul. Now go to chapter 23 of Matthew, and we'll tie it all together. So this is the chapter right before Jesus began to answer all these questions on the Mount of Olives. Okay. So when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Right before he gave them this discussion, he let the Pharisees have it. Yeah. And called them vipers and whatnot. So go with me to verse 29. It's Matthew 23, verse 29. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we'd been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets because all the prophets Hmm. were killed by the Israelites. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. And notice the connection. You're the descendants yeah. of the, the, the unbelievers. Fill you up in the measure of your fathers, ye serpents. Ye generation of vipers. He's not just using symbolic language here. Yeah. He's not trying to be insulting. They are literally children of Satan. Wow. The dragon. How? Not by generation. Not by, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, genetics. Yeah. But they are a generation by demonic possession. Wow. They're literally possessed. You children, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? It's like he's talking to the Pharisees, but he knows the demonic entities inside them are literally the offspring of the fallen angels. Wow, that's crazy. The hybrid offspring, yeah. 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 So the demon-possessed children of the serpent rejected Christ through the operation of the Jewish high council and the governor to Rome. Hmm. Once again, the Roman Empire is involved. Pontius Pilate made mm-hmm. the final decision, right? Uh, these words set the stage for the following discourse on the Mount of Olives. These words here, you know, uh, and, and keep reading verse um, 33. Uh, you serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? They can't. Yeah. Because they're unbelief. Uh, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify. And some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. All this took place in the beginning of sorrows. Hmm. Paul persecuted the twelve, the prophets God sent. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. From the blood of righteous Abel, 
Cain's brother, mm-hmm. unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this, this generation, generation yeah. right? Who are they? A generation of vipers. They're, hmm. they're still with us, not in human bodies. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are in human bodies, but they're now, today, they're the politicians. Wow. And the satanic global elites and all the stuff that's going on that we're going to talk about next week. Wow, okay. Verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you that ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hmm. And the next chapter 24 is about his coming. Wow. Yeah, so it's really fascinating to think about how it all ties together. And then he goes on to that whole thing about the beginning of sorrows. Nation shall rise against nation. There's deception. Uh, these things have been occurring since Christ was rejected. Yeah. That was the beginning of sorrows. It would make sense that the sorrows began the moment Christ was crucified. Because hmm. he's the first, if you will, martyr. Yeah. In a sense, you know, he's not, he's the king, but he's the, he was martyred. The way I see it, the beginning of the SARS leads up to a point when the tribulation begins. And I think it's like it wraps up when you see the leaves on the fig tree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I suggest it's verse nine. Tribulation in this chapter 24, after verse eight, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse nine, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. I'm going to suggest that actual tribulation, the actual time of Jacob's troubles, it starts with verse 9. And that between verse 8 and verse 9, uh, well, all, everything that encompasses 1 through 8 was the uh, 2,000 years, the last 2,000 years. And another evidence about that, let's read verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And he's talking to the 12. So he's talking to the saints here, the believers. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And I think it's going to be the new nation, Israel, that's hated. You know, the new believing Israel. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This is starting in the beginning of sorrows. It's starting to happen now, but the fulfillment I was just going to ask you, so, so this is not post um, rapture then. This is leading up to the rapture. No, these verses are post-rapture. Oh, it is post-rapture. Yeah, my, okay. my argument, verses 9 through uh, um, 15 are post-rapture. Okay. And, and they're happening at, in the first three and a half years of tribulation. Okay, because I've I'm heard a lot of people say that uh, um, you'll be hated all of all nations for my name's sake. We're starting to see that now, right? Yeah. The way Christians are coming under attack. And they've always been under attack in the yeah. beginning of sorrows. Paul yeah. said we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. But this appears to be, he says in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall you, they deliver you up to be afflicted. Like okay. after the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they do it. So it seems hmm. to be, it follows that. And the reason I know that is because if you keep reading uh, verse um, 13, okay. but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Yeah. Well, the end of the world. Yeah. All right. So this is going to happen right before the end of the world. And then verse 14 is the kicker. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. The gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel we preach today. Yeah. In the beginning of sorrows, we're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom because it's not at hand. Yeah. It, it was set aside. It was rejected. Mm-hmm. We've been preaching the gospel of grace. Yeah, exactly. Right? So the 12 didn't know about the dispensation of grace when Christ was telling them this, these words. Hmm. They uh-huh. had no idea. They didn't understand why Christ even had to die, much less would they have understood Paul's message yeah. until later when he shared it. So Christ couldn't have told them the mystery that he would later reveal to Paul. But about salvation to the Gentiles through his shed blood, they couldn't have known that. That wasn't part of the National Salvation Program hmm. that they were involved in. They preached the gospel of the kingdom of heaven until he rose from the dead. And then that message, the kingdom of heaven was at hand, was not mentioned again after Acts hmm. chapter 1. Okay. They never said it was at hand again, not once. Because they were in the beginning of sorrows. And for evidence of that, we'll wrap it up real quick in Acts chapter 1. 
after Christ did arise from the dead and before he ascended up to the Father, he spent 40 days with them. Yeah. And teaching them about the kingdom of God. Okay. And we'll just get into this thing about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven being different. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Acts chapter 1, verse 6 uh, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? What kingdom are they talking about? Well, they're thinking kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Because that's what they preached for three and a half years. If it was at hand, mm -hmm. it's nearby. Yeah, yeah. So when he died, they didn't understand it. They thought all hope was lost. When he rose from the dead, they were, oh, great. You're going to restore the kingdom now? And look what his answer is in verse 7. He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Well, that's funny, because three and a half years they were saying it was at hand. They knew the time at hand. Hmm. Now he says, no, never mind that. It's not for you to know. So the message was changed from the kingdom of heaven is at hand to what we read in Acts 2. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. With no statement about the kingdom being at hand involved when Peter said those words. That's because it no longer was at hand. It is now the beginning of sorrows. Hmm. It will be at hand in the last week, in the seven years of tribulation. So clearly, the oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Clearly, the message will return to the preaching of the gospel, of the kingdom of heaven, mm -hmm. because Christ said in Matthew 24, "It will be preached in all the world, and then shall the end come." Yeah. It's not being preached right now. This is proof to me, and we'll go into more detail. I go into great detail in my article. Okay. for this month's newsletter. But this is proof that the rapture is going to occur before tribulation because the saints who preach the gospel of the grace of God for 2,000 years in all through the beginning of sorrows okay. are not equipped to <clears throat> preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven as at hand to Israel. Hmm. God wouldn't send a bunch of Gentiles to preach a national salvation program to Israel. He has 144,000 Israelites sealed, ready to preach that message. They're set aside for that very purpose. He's going to take the church out of the way yeah. and let them take the mantle from that point forward. And so I would argue in support of Ryan Peterson's thinking about the seven seals began to be opened as soon as Christ ascended up. Hmm. It would make sense that the beginning of sorrow starts there. And in closing, uh, go to Romans 13, because Paul made a statement that to me kind of summarizes the whole thing. <clears throat> We've read this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. Romans 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Hmm. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, all of which is happening in the world right now. Yeah. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In other words, we're in a time of spiritual night. The beginning of sorrows, Israel went into darkness. They were blinded. Yeah. They've been in the night, spiritual night. Christ said, I'm the light of the world. The, um, the, uh, the time cometh when no man, the night cometh when no man can work. When he left this world, the spiritual light left the world. Wow. Okay. We're the light in the darkness. We that are saved by grace through faith have the light of the glorious gospel of Christ in us, 2 Corinthians 4. Okay. We're shining it, but we're ambassadors for Christ. When he comes back, he's going to bring the light. The sun will rise again. The Son of Righteousness, Malachi chapter 4. Okay. And so when Paul says the night is far spent, the day is at hand, he's talking about the beginning of sorrows. Hmm. The Israel's been in darkness until their light comes back, the day spring, and he'll arise. And even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for him to come back. But you still have a lot of work to do, Scott. So you, yeah. can't, you can't just like... Pull the ripcord just yet, all right? <laughs> I know. We're ready for that soft landing. <laughs> I know. And so we'll get into more details about um, this uh, demonic activity that's in this generation of vipers next week. Okay. Lord willing. So, John, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great one. 
And we thank you all for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share uh, the podcast. Leave comments. Uh, if you watch a video, uh, leave comments on the video and share and like the videos. And we're about 165,000 unique listeners strong. That's amazing. Yeah, it's growing. And we want to grow the uh, subscribers too. So if you want to support us, you know you can do that through subscribing. Uh, but either way, we just appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.